And having processes is the exact thing that actually gives you freedom in your business. Clients on Demand teaches coaches, consultants, thought leaders, and professional service providers how to attract the right clients at the right price anytime they want. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a sustainable seven or eight figure business that changes the world and gets results for your clients without sacrificing your freedom? If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. Hey, everybody, it is Russ. Welcome to the Clients on Demand show, where we help coaches, consultants, experts, and thought leaders build seven-figure businesses. Today, we're going to be talking about a simple framework that you can use to solve the problems in your business, whether it's a problem with your product, whether it's a problem with a process that you're running through, whether it's a personnel problem or, or a people problem. Maybe there's someone on your team that just isn't performing or you hired somebody and, and you, you're questioning whether or not that person's really a fit to stay on your team. This process is going to help you isolate exactly what's not working in your business. And it's going to give you a simple step-by-step -step framework to overcome those problems. Um, and this is something that we use in our business all the time to make a lot of decisions. So I think it's going to be very, very helpful for you. This, this framework has enabled us to scale our company to $85 million in high ticket coaching sales in just the past few years. And it's the same framework that our clients have used to do over a billion dollars in high ticket coaching sales in their businesses too. So I think you're really going to get a lot out of this. Joining me today is the amazing, the in incomparable, the genius Jane Jewell. She is our managing director at Clients on Demand and one of the best, if not the best, mindset and performance coaches on this planet. Jane, what's going on? Hey, glad to be here. So the first thing I want people to understand is that solving problems essentially is what we do. Solving problems is what it means to be a business owner, especially if you're a coach or an expert or a consultant or a thought leader or anything like that. The reason that people follow you, the reason that people pay you, the reason that people give you their money is because they have problems that they need you to solve. So there's these problems in their life that are tearing them apart. Maybe their business isn't working or if you're a relationship coach, maybe their relationships aren't working. You're a fitness coach, maybe they're out of shape or they're having health problems. But whatever those problems are, the thing to remember is that those problems are too big for your clients to handle on their own. And that's the reason that they pay you. So it's really important that you understand this because sometimes when you're trying to build a business and you run into problems, it can sort of let the wind out of your sails, can't it? You know, you, you, think, you think to yourself, well, man, if everything was dialed in and I was in the right headspace and I was, I don't know, using the law of attraction or whatever, then it means that I wouldn't run into any problems. I wouldn't run into any challenges and everything should be smooth sailing. And so sometimes what we see is people go out there and they try to build a business and they run into that very first roadblock and they throw up their hands and they say, oh, well, I guess this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Or I guess I'm just not cut out for this. Or I guess, you know, God doesn't want me to do this or whatever. And they build this entire story around the fact that they just ran into their very first problem. And what's crazy about that is that solving problems is an essential part of building a great business. If you're going out there and you're setting big goals for yourself, you're going to run into problems. You're going to run into challenges. And so the thing to do when you run into one of those problems is not to take that as a sign that you're on the wrong track. It's probably a sign that you're on the right track. And so what you need to do as a business owner is to get very, very good at solving those problems with as little emotional turmoil as possible. Yes, this is such an important topic because the truth of the matter is, is if you're a coach, that's your job anyway, right? You are essentially a problem solver. Like that's what you do. But for some reason, 
When you start your business, you forget that you're also a human being that has problems and then you resist like I shouldn't have my own problems in my business. And the more you resist or make having a problem being wrong, the more difficulty you're going to have in moving the other side of it, where if you just kind of accept that who you are is a problem solver, whether as a coach and or as a business owner, all day long, you're solving problems. All day long, your job is to make decisions to move through whatever challenge, whatever obstacle is right in front of you. And when you can just embrace that I'm a problem solver, you know, I don't know, I eat problems for lunch, birds fly, fish swim, and this is what it's like to be a business owner. There's a lot of power in that. And you can really take it on as part of of your identity. I think long time ago, I decided I'm really resourceful and it's one of the pieces of my identity I pride myself on. I'm resourceful. There's not one problem you can put in front of me that I will not figure out a way to solve it. And if you can just own something like that, you're already way ahead of the game. Exactly. So guys, the first principle is just to accept that if you're setting big goals and you're making big moves, guess what? You're going to run into problems and challenges along the way. The second big principle that I want to share with you is to take extreme ownership over those problems. So it's kind of an odd thing, but one of the best ideas that you can embrace in your business is to see every single failure in your business as a failure of leadership. So what does that mean? That means that the buck stops with you, my friend. It means that you can't blame the market. You can't blame whatever's going on in the economy. You can't blame the people on your team. You have to take responsibility for every single problem and every single challenge in the business. And you might say to yourself, well, Russ, you know, what if it's not my fault? What if it's uh, one of my team members' faults? And it's like, okay, fine, but you hired that person. You trained that person. You're the one that's telling that person what to do. So if that person's not delivering, maybe they need to be let go from your team. And we'll talk about how to handle all that in just a minute. But at the end of the day, they are on your team because you put them there. And, and, so, and so fundamentally, like I said, the buck stops with you. You have, to, you have to take total responsibility for all of the problems and all the challenges in your business. And that might be an emotionally painful thing for you to do. But you know what? There's so much power in that. Because look, if there's a problem that's completely outside of my control, a problem that I can't influence in any meaningful way, I'm done, right? I can't fix it. There's nothing I can do. But if I start from the assumption, not only that problems are inevitable, but that if there is a problem, it's because of me, now I put myself in a power position. Now I put myself in a position where, look, if I created this problem, hey, you know what? I can create the solution too. So that's the power of taking extreme ownership. And if you haven't read that book by Jocko Willink, I strongly suggest that you do. And when you actually adopt this mentality and your team sees you having this mentality and having this mindset, a really amazing thing starts to happen. They start to take extreme ownership too. Where when something's really interesting, Jane, I don't know if you've noticed this, but at Clients on Demand, when something goes wrong, most of the time people on our team are fighting to take responsibility for it. No, 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 it was my fault because I did that thing. No, Russ, it wasn't your fault. It was my fault because I forgot to do X, Y, Z. No, it was my fault because I forgot to do this other thing. You know, so, so what you have is instead of people trying to play the blame game and going, no, it's Dave's fault. No, it's Charlie's fault. No, it's Jane's fault. What you have instead is people trying to put their hands up and say, no, it's my fault. And, and, and everyone is owning how they contributed to that problem. And it's an incredible thing because it's so much more empowering for your team to do that rather than to play the blame game and to try to throw other people under the bus. Does that make sense? Uh, it's so good. And it also means that you're developing this culture that they're not afraid to take responsibility, right? That's a, that's a huge part of it because there's never a time, I, I think, that if someone was to make a mistake, right? Mistakes happen. 
you know, you claim it, you own it. That's my fault. Let me tell you how I'm going to fix it. Here's some solutions. There's never a time at that point where we're like, oh my God, I can't believe you did. Yeah, right. So it's also just developing that culture within your company. And it starts with you, like you were saying, that you take that extreme ownership and your team will follow and do the same. Yeah, ab absolutely. Absolutely. So that's totally essential. And then the third big principle, and then we're going to get into the system for how you actually fix these things. But the third big principle is really to begin to see every single problem and every challenge in your business as a gift. Now, look, I know that sounds cheesy. I know that sounds, you know, Pollyanna-ish and, and just childish, but the God's honest truth is that every single problem that we've ever run into in the course of building this business has, has had within it the seed of something much, much better. So we set big goals for our business. You know, initially when I first got started online, I wanted to make hundred dollars a day and then it turned into $10,000 a month. And then it turned into hundred thousand dollars a month. And then it turned into a million dollars a month. And now we're trying to go for $10 million a month. And so when you're setting goals like that, like I said, you're going to run into problems. You're going to run into challenges. But the reason those things are a gift is because without them, you would never know what to fix. So it's like this. Every time you run into a problem or a challenge, it's kind of like God or the universe tapping you on the shoulder and saying, hey, man, look, I know you want to get to $100 million a year, but in order to do that, you got to fix this thing, you got to fix this thing, and you got to fix this other thing. And that's why those problems are so useful. Now, the problem is, the reason those problems are, are tend to be challenging and awful and unpleasant is because we try to extract the lesson from those problems, but we're at war with ourselves the whole time we're doing it. So you have this problem in your business. That problem is a fact. You just got to figure out how to fix it and you got to move forward. But the problem is that we're doing this while we're blaming ourselves, while we're feeling terrible, while we're feeling like, oh God, why is this happening to me? This shouldn't be happening. While we're angry, while we're upset, while we're in fear. And if you're trying to solve your problems from a place of anger or fear or neediness or desperation, you're going to have a really tough time doing it because you're not in a resourceful place. You're not really thinking, you're just reacting. And so what I want to invite you to do is when a problem comes into your business, try to deal with it with as little emotional turmoil as possible. Just accept it, accept that it's there and accept that it's got something to teach you. And the faster you can find out what that lesson is and incorporate it into your business, the faster you're going to level up and the faster you're going to move forward. And that's how you evolve. That's how your business grows. Like think about a big company like Amazon, right? Because of Amazon, I can go online and I can order something and it can be at my house by like two o'clock that afternoon. Think about how many problems they had to solve in order to make that happen. They had to know exactly how much of each product they need to have stocked. They need to know exactly how big their warehouse needs to be. They needed to build the warehouse. They need to have a fleet of drivers who are organized enough that they can get it to your house that day. I mean, it's like the, the challenges and problems that they had to solve to, to get that thing to your house that same day delivery. It's like you can't even get your head around it. But that's the reason they're one of the biggest companies in the world because they solved problem after problem after problem all to empower you to do something that you could never do before. And so in your business, you need to think about things the same way. Like, hey, bring it on. Bring on those problems. Bring on those challenges. Because every single one of those we knock down, we get a little bit better and a little bit stronger and a little bit smarter. And our processes and everything we're doing improves and improves and improves. And so now when we come into a problem at Clients On Demand, it's like we, we spend a lot less time with the with the wind let out of our sails, let's say. You know, but look, if something bad happens, yeah, I'm going to take a minute and go, oh God, this isn't good, <laughs> you know? But as fast as I can, I'm going to try to move through that and start working on the solution and actually figure out how to fix it. And so the faster you can do that with as little emotional turmoil as possible, the faster you're going to up-level and the faster you're going to grow.
Yeah, most people get stuck too, thinking that they have to have all the problems solved before they take action. So when you're creating anything new, whether it's a new process or a new product, right? You, you Oftentimes people get stuck because they want it perfect. They want to have everything exactly the way it should be from A to Z and, and, and deem it as perfect and think that no problems are going to arise now that I have the perfect product or the perfect solution or the perfect delivery route or what have you. And the truth of the matter is, is you have to know your outcome and you have to know the steps and come up with the best process that you have available to you at the time based from where you're thinking and what you think you're trying to do. But like you said, problems are going to come up. And yes, those are the gifts because you didn't know that that was going to be an issue until the problem comes up. And when the problem comes up, you say, oh, okay, well, great. Here's a new thing that I have to put in the process. Here's a new, a, a new piece of the, of the pie that maybe I didn't know before. And I do think, Russ, this is where so many people get stuck, including our clients at times. You know, we coach a lot of uh, people and especially in our high-end mastermind. In fact, we just came back from a retreat with them and they just, you know, as people do want so much certainty of all the steps, step one through a hundred to make this perfect thing. And the truth of the matter is you do the best that you can given the information available to you and the outcome and the service that you're trying to deliver and go, go and trust within yourself that when a problem comes up, you'll look at it, you'll own it and you'll solve it really quickly and change the process. And so that's why those problems really are the gift. It gives you the ability, if you take on that belief, that you can push go. You don't have to wait to have it all figured out, but you do have to trust that when the problem comes, you can solve it. Absolutely. So let's talk about how to do that. Here's a really simple framework that you can use to solve the problems in your business. Now, look, you can get really deep with this. You can get really complicated with it. But if you just want to instantly be able to get a handle on, look, something's not working. Why isn't it working? This is a great process to use. So every problem in your business could, could really be conceptualized as being one of three things, a problem with product, a problem with people, or a problem with process. So product, people, or process. So we'll start with product first. The first question you want to ask yourself is, is there a problem with the product that I'm selling? So if you're a coach or expert, maybe that's your signature workshop, or maybe people are working with you one-on-one. -on -one. However you're delivering your magic, the first place you want to look is, am I doing a good job of that? So when clients come to work with me, are they showing up committed? Are they showing up decisive? Are they showing up resourceful? Are they doing the work? Are they getting the result? And this is the place that most coaching companies just don't want to look. I mean, there, there's coaching companies out there that never ask this question. Well, you know, hey, man, we're, we're, we're making all these big promises, but are, are people really getting results? Are people really happy? Are people really experiencing that change and experiencing that transformation that they're paying us for? Most coaching companies just go la, 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 and close their eyes and they don't even want to look at it. But this is something that you must look at because at the end of the day, that's what people are paying you for. They're not paying you for your time. They're not paying you for your expertise. They're not paying for you to give them a good experience. They're paying you to get a result. There's an outcome that they want to experience in their life. That's the reason that they're giving you money. And so if you're going to do a good job, you better check in with yourself and say, hey, whatever I'm selling, whether that's a info product or a, a live workshop or a small event or whatever it is, is that thing really delivering on the promises that I'm making? And if you really take a good look at the coaching industry, most of the time, the answer is no. So what that means for you 
is that if you are one of the very few coaches that actually does deliver, that actually does create results, that does create value, you have a lot less competition than maybe you think you do. There might be people in your audience or in your marketplace right now that have been there for longer. They've got better branding. They've got really cool pictures. They've got a, an amazing website. But at the end of the day, their clients aren't succeeding. Their clients aren't getting results. It's like you could have the most beautiful, amazing restaurant in the world with beautiful atmosphere, incredible interior, wonderful staff, great location, but the food sucks. At the end of the day, people go to the restaurant. <laughs> like the food has to be good. And so people spend all this time optimizing the look, the feel, the branding, the whatever, but they never stop to think, hey, you know, are we actually delivering the value? So if you can take a hard look at your products, your services, your offerings and say, you know what, Russ? Yeah, I checked it out and we really are delivering the value. Then like I said, you have a lot less competition than maybe you think you do. I mean, there's really nothing to add to that. That's exactly, that exactly true. You, you have to take a look at it and, and say, hey, am I doing my very best? Is my product doing it's, you know, have I designed my product in the best way I know how to do to help my clients to, to achieve whatever it is that you're promising? And, uh, and if the answer to that is yes, then great, go forth. I think sometimes too, Russ, is on the other side of that, is some people over- gosh, they just over worry about it, you know, in terms mm. of like, um, it can paralyze you. Well, yeah, they, it can, can, it can paralyze you, but you could also forget, like if you are in a coaching industry, like you don't want to get stopped by this. You really want to take a really good, a, a really good check-in and, and say, am I there? Am I available? Am I coaching? Do I have a great process? You know, all of those things. But what I also see sometimes people do is they're doing all of those things, but their client might not be showing up or their client mm. has human conditions that get in the way. And then what happens is they start over blaming, taking over responsibility, you, you know, for how the agreement and let's just say coaching comes together. And then that also can stop. And then you, you go down like a whole other, you have a fake problem, right? So they're trying, you're trying to fit, you're right. trying to solve a fake problem. So you really do have to be honest with yourself. And if you're honest with yourself and saying, do I have a great strategy and do I have a great coaching, uh, a co coaching process? And am I showing up to really serve my clients? And the answer to that is yes. And then how can you do your best to influence your clients to do their best part? Then you're golden, right? So don't, don't make, make sure that you're, you're not over taking responsibility for how your partnerships are working in terms of your partnerships with your clients. Exactly. That's a great point, Jane, because ultimately guys, coaching is a two-way street. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to give them the strategy. Like she said, you got to give them the support. You got to show up for them in a, in a big way, but they also have their responsibility, which is to show up and be coachable and do the work. And so you can't force them to do that. And so your objective should be to hold up your side of the street better than anyone else in your industry. We have the best strategy, the best support. You're there for your clients like nobody else is. And the only way your clients can fail is if they just say, hey, you know what? I'm not doing the work. Right. And in those cases, like you should do everything you can to get them back on board, to bring them back in the fold. But at the end of the day, you know, they're a free human being that you can't force them to do stuff. So if you're holding up your side of the street better than anyone else, then you're, you're doing an amazing, amazing job. And your problem, whatever it is, is probably not a product problem. So let's take a look at the next piece. The next question is to ask yourself, okay, fine. Well, if the product is cool, maybe this is a problem of process of process. So what does that mean? A process is basically what you are doing and what your team is doing across time. So for example, if, if you've got, 
Do you have a process for bringing new clients into the business, right? Or when a client is unhappy, do you have a process for fixing that? When, when, when a client wants a refund, is there a process that goes into play where, okay, the client asks for a refund. Okay, now Jane, you're going to do this and I'm going to do that. And Stephanie's going to do this other thing. And then that's how we deal with the, with the problem in a satisfactory way. So that's what we talk about when we mean process. Now, the first question to ask yourself regarding process is, is there one? <laughs> like, do you even have one? So in the beginning of a business, if you're just getting started, you know, if it's a problem that you've never encountered before, you probably don't even have a process. You don't even have a mapped out solution for how things are supposed to go. And so this is a great opportunity for you to develop one. What went wrong and what can we do in the future to make sure that it doesn't happen again? So the way to think about those processes is kind of like, and if this, then that. So if a client wants a refund, then this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, and this happens. So that's the first question to ask yourself is, do you even have a process? And if not, this is a great opportunity for you to design one because the next time this happens, now you'll have an entire process that's ready to go. You don't have to sit there and think every single time, well, how do we deal with this? Well, we just had this problem two months ago. Oh, well, how do we deal with it now? How do we deal with it now? How do we deal with it now? And you're going to have that process in place so that like when these things happen, it's just like boom, 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 and it just gets resolved instantly. And if you're the business owner and you have a team, it's great because what's going to happen is most of the problems that happen in the business will get resolved without you having to do anything if your processes are strong. So the first question to ask yourself is, is there a process in the first place? Then you need to check in and say, well, okay, well, if there's a process, does everybody know what their role is, right? Does everybody on your team know how they fit into this process and what they're supposed to do and when they're supposed to do it? And if not, you need to make sure that everybody's on the same page. So we see this a lot. The business owner cooks up an amazing process for dealing with whatever problem it is, but then they fail to communicate that to their team so that the team is unclear about what parts they're supposed to do. And then, of course, the business owner gets upset and blames the team when really it's the business owner's fault for not communicating the process properly. And then if the process was followed, then you have to look at, okay, fine, was the process broken in some way? So was there a breakdown? Did everybody do what they were supposed to do, but the process still didn't produce the outcome that we want? And if that's the case, then you need to do a deep dive into it and see, okay, well, where did the breakdown happen and how can we make the process better? So first of all, again, you want to ask yourself, do you even have a process in the first place? Second of all, you want to ask yourself, does your team know what they're supposed to do? Then you want to ask yourself, well, did they follow it? Did they actually do it? And then, then you want to ask yourself, well, okay, if everybody did what they were supposed to do and we still didn't get the result we wanted, is there a way that we can improve the process? Is it broken in some way or is it not working properly in some way? And what's great about thinking this way, guys, is that you just start to realize that the outcomes in your business are the product of doing a few certain things correctly through time. And so most of the work that we do at Clients on Demand is just figuring out like, look, is there a better way to achieve this outcome? Is there a better way to achieve that outcome? When this problem happens, who does what? You do this, you do this, you do this. Okay, great. And then the problem disappears. Those are the kinds of thoughts that you need to have about your business and the way that you need to sort of conceptualize things is, is this a problem of process? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so funny because this is the part that's just like, it's not the juicy, sexy part of having a business, no. right? <laughs> or nobody wants to talk about processes and, you know, it just kind of feel like it's not the fun part or the revenue generating, although it could be part of the revenue generating part, but it really is the, the structure. It's the bones of your business to be able to do that. And, and having processes is the exact thing that actually gives you freedom in your business. And sometimes when it's time to think about this, it can feel like it's not freedom because it's all in your head and you like to just like, you know, 
like solve it and be free and, you know, and, and, and all of those things. Like we don't, we just have a free business here, you know, like, you know, Liberty and, you know, it's like all this, you know, I just generate it when the problem comes up and I trust that all is well. And believe me, I'm all about that, uh, that belief that, you know, and, and trust and faith and all of that. I don't mean to make light of that. And the truth is, is when you have processes where you really have true freedom, because then it's not dependent upon you all the time to be solving the problems and you have no freedom. If you're the one in your business that always has to be solving the problems, you can never take a vacation. You can never have anything go sideways in your personal life. You can, you know, you, you, you can't sleep essentially because you're always trying to work out and deal with the problems where if you have a process for something and then you train your team and then your team has somebody else that can also solve that problem and you cross train, what, what you now have is this whole library in a way and a structure and a manual on how to really take care of your clients and deal with as, as many situations as possible as they come up. And that gives you true freedom. You know, Russ, you had the ability when, when you were going through stuff with your dad that you were able to take, you know, all the time that you needed to be with your family. And that would have been, would not have been possible if we don't have processes in place to really take care of the business. And so we really need to start thinking about this, this part of process, the non-sexy part of owning, owning the business as the thing that actually gives you freedom in your business, because now you can rest assured when you go away that your team knows how to handle the problems that come up. And that gives you all of the freedom that you need. And that's one of the biggest reasons why you need to have a mentor in your business, because the mentor can basically hand you those processes on a silver platter. Mm. Here's your process for doing ads. Here's your process for doing marketing, for doing webinars. Here's your process for enrolling a new client. Once your new client's in your business, here's the process for keeping them happy and making sure that they get the result and then they want to continue to work with you. So a great mentor will already have processes set up for all of those things. And so one of the best things that we do for our clients is we, we give them these processes on a silver platter and then we hold their hand and support them as they implement these processes in their business. And that's the way we're able to create such amazing results for our clients in so little time. So once you get those processes dialed in, guys, if the process wasn't followed or if there was someone on the team that clearly dropped the ball, then you might not have a process problem. You might have a people problem. And with a people problem, it basically just means that you don't have the right people in the right seats. So the way to think about it in your company is you want the right people doing the right things right. <laughs> That's what you want. You want great people who know exactly what they're doing and who are doing those jobs incredibly well. And so if you've got a situation where you don't have that, where you suspect that, hey, man, you know, maybe so-and-so, maybe John, who's in this role, you might not be a good fit. What you want to do is you want to ask yourself, is this a problem of training? Or is this a problem of temperament? So if it's a problem of training, what does that mean? Has That means has this person been trained to do the job properly? Like have you given them all the coaching and all the support that they need to get this done? And have you been really, really clear in your communication where they know exactly what you expect of them and exactly how they contribute to the overall mission and exactly how their success or failure is going to be measured? Most of the time when there's a people problem, it's not because you hired the wrong person. It's because you're not communicating properly. I see this a lot with newbie business owners. They hire someone and they go, well, they're just supposed to know what they should do. That's not how it is. <laughs> That's just not how it is. And I don't care whether you're hiring 
I don't know, a housekeeper or, or a VP of sales, you've got to tell them exactly what the mission is, exactly how they contribute to that, exactly what you expect from them and how you want things done and how you are ultimately going to measure whether they're winning or whether they're losing. And if you're not doing that, then you've got a serious problem. So that's the first thing is to communicate with them about the mission and what's expected of them. But then you also have to train that person to make sure that they can do what you want them to do. And, and, and that's something that you've got to make a serious investment in. Again, if you want things done a certain way, you've got to make sure that you've trained those people properly. And if you haven't done that, that's not on the, that's not on the employee. It's on you. So you have to look at that very seriously and say, like, has this person been trained and coached? Do they have total clarity about what they're supposed to be doing? Now, if you've done all those things and the person just straight up can't hit the outcome, right? You've told them what to do. You've trained them. They know exactly what to expect. They know exactly what you expect. And they're just not getting it done. Then you have to ask yourself, okay, well, is this a problem of temperament? Now, what temperament means is that the person's personality, their psychological makeup makes them unsuited to the role. So for example, you guys have probably heard me on this show before with Mark. Mark's our director of sales at Clients on Demand. He's outgoing. He's fun. He's got a big personality. He's perfect to be our director of sales. We've also got a chief technology officer, Simon, who's very different from Mark. He's more introverted. He's more methodical. He loves technology. Mark hates technology. Now look, if Simon was put in Mark's role, it would be a disaster. And if Mark was put in Simon's role, it would be a disaster. And it's not because either of them is not an A player. It's because that job is not a fit for their personality. For Simon to be doing sales would make him crazy. For Mark to be in charge of all our technology would be a disaster. And they're both amazing at what they do. They're both A players. They're both great people. But their personality means, their personality is structured in such a way that they could never really succeed and thrive in that particular position. Does that make sense? So you have to ask yourself, look, Maybe this person just is not temperamentally suited for the role that you need them to play. If you've got someone that's your assistant, that person better be more organized than you. And if they're not, it's going to make your life a living hell because you're going to be on their case to get things done rather than them reminding you of all the details that you might overlook. You know, if you've got someone in sales and that person hates to talk to people, that's a big problem. If you've got someone in tech and that person just like hates technology and is not an organized methodical thinker, they're just not going to do well in that position. So the problem with these issues where it's a temperament problem is that you can't fix it. You really can't because you can't raise someone over again, right? If someone hates technology, I can't teach them to love technology. And if I did, maybe that would take like years. So what I'd have to do, what I'm much better off doing is going out and finding someone that loves that, that's good at that already. And then I put that person in that role. Does that make sense? So with temperament, you cannot raise someone over again. You can't go back in a time machine to when they were a kid and give them a whole different outlook on life. It doesn't work that way. So if you've got a person that doesn't have the right temperament for the job that you need them to do, you need to move them out of that position immediately. So if you're hiring well, you should ask yourself, well, okay, fine, this person's not working out in this seat on the bus, but is there another seat on the bus? Is there another role in your company that maybe they would thrive? And always ask yourself that question because if you're hiring well, you're probably hiring good people. Maybe you just put the, a good person in the wrong seat. And again, that's on you. That's why extreme ownership is so important. But if you really look at it and then you find, hey, look, this person's temperamentally not a good fit for this. They're not a good fit for our culture. They're not a good fit in this seat on the bus or in any seat on the bus. Then you have to let that person go. As painful and as difficult as that might be, you've got to let that person go because they know that's not working out and you know it's not working out. And you're not doing them any favors by keeping them in a job that they can't do well because nobody wants that. Nobody wants that at all. And you're better off just releasing them to the marketplace where they can go out there and find something that they are a good fit for. And that's always tough. It's always difficult, right? It sucks, Jane. But um, 
it's uh, it's necessary. And at the end of the day, most of the time we've had someone at Clients on Demand who wasn't a fit and we, we pulled them from the team. They were always replaced by someone better. But what's interesting is that person went on to find something that made them happier anyway. Yeah. That's the part you, people don't want to be like, they don't want to fire someone. They want to be the nice guy. Or the, the other thing that I, the challenge is, is they don't want to have the tough conversations. So, mm. you know, I believe, and we have such a great team. I believe that that for the most part, basically, people want to do a good job. They want to take pride in what they do. And the challenge is either they don't really know what it looks like to do a good job. So again, that's a communication issue with the leader, right? To really communicating that and training all the things that you, you just went through. But the other piece of that is you have to be willing as the leader to make the, the cor corrections quickly, to make them to measure often to give feedback on what they're doing great and what still, you know, are the soft areas that they need to improve upon. And if you get through all of this list that Russ just went through, be willing to make a change and do that change rapidly. Don't sit on it. Know and trust that this is not only what's best for you and your company and your clients, but it's also what's best for them and bless them on their way to go find their true passion. Absolutely. And so guys, look, if you are having problems and challenges in your business that you just can't seem to solve, then we want to help. So maybe your offers, your products, your programs, they're not getting results for your clients or people just aren't buying them. Or if they're buying them, maybe you're selling them for $100 when you could be selling them for $10,000. You don't have a system, a process for getting new clients in the door. You don't know how to deliver your magic to those clients in a way that sets you free to enjoy your life. You're working too hard. Whatever those problems are in your business, if you're a coach, consultant, expert, author, or speaker, I can pretty much guarantee you we've seen those problems a million times and we've overcome them over and over and over again. So what I want to invite you to do is to book a call with our team and let us get into it with you. We'll get on the phone together for about 45 minutes. You can tell us everything that's not working in your business. Or if things feel pretty good, maybe you can tell us, hey, look, this is what could be better, right? This is where I want to go. You know, Russ, I'm making $10,000 a month and it's cool. It's more than enough money for me to live on, but man, I really want to get to 50. I want to get to hundred. What do I do? So whatever that is, we'll get together. We'll talk about it on the phone and we'll put together a step-by-step -step game plan to get you where you want to go. And we're happy to do this for you absolutely for free. So all you need to do is go to clientsondemand.com forward slash talk. That's clientsondemand.com forward slash talk and book an appointment to speak to us. I promise you that it will be the best 45 minutes you've ever spent working on your business. And that one call can shave decades off your learning curve. Because look, all these problems in your business are solvable. It's just a question of whether you want to do it by a trial and error and a long, long, painful process. Or if you just want us to, you know, give you the cheat sheet, give you the answer, and then hold your hand and help you implement every single step. So go to clientsondemand.com forward slash talk, book an appointment to speak to us. Jane, thank you so much for your wisdom, for your insight, for just being awesome. And we will catch you guys on the next show. Bye-bye. Thanks, friends. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. A brand new episode will be released every Wednesday, so be sure to click subscribe. Remember, building an incredible coaching, business, or professional services company does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped clients from all over the world scale their businesses to six or seven figures while enjoying life and making the world a better place along the way. I'm Russ Rafino, and let's talk soon.